This is the Frontier Freedom Hour, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Howdy, friends. This is Jeff Hunt broadcasting to you from Jerusalem in Israel on its 75th anniversary, a very special trip as we are part of a delegation from the state of Colorado for the opening of the Museum of Tolerance, which is being uh, helped built in many ways by uh, Larry Meisel, as you may know, a, a prominent businessman and philanthropist in the state of Colorado. So we're here for the 75th anniversary of the state of Israel as well. Right, that's exactly right. So Ron DeSantis kind of shared a story. It gives insight. You know, we're around a lot of policy discussions all the time, all the time. So I really appreciate when, especially public figures, give us a little bit of insight into their own personal lives. So he shared this story about water from the Sea of Galilee used to baptize his children. Don, share that with us. Well, he was, first of all, broke out of his script, and he was just saying, you know, the, the, the land of Israel means a lot to us personally. Uh, as as Christians, we come here, and he said, "Well, for instance, uh, on one trip, we wanted to baptize uh, our children when we got back home, and so we brought an empty vial of, wa- of for water, and we brought it to the Sea of Galilee and filled it up so that we could baptize the child with water from the Sea of Galilee. Uh, and it wasn't big; it was a really small one, and so they used it for their first child, and then they kept it and they used it for their second child. And I guess at the baptism, they." It, they hadn't finished all because they have three children, so they hadn't finished it all. But they left it, and and then it got lost. And they were thinking, "Oh no, what do we do?" And so uh, I guess they went back home and they told somebody that, and they got one more baptism to go. And somebody from Israel sent them a whole bottle, a big, big, big <laughs> bottle of water from the Sea of Galilee. So he said they they had finally enough water to baptize their third child. And he, he left the story at that point, but I was thinking, well, you, you're going to have to have more children because you got enough for about... 10 more baptisms, I think, so. Right, and one, at one point he, he remarked that it showed up within 24 hours of him making this remark that uh, the, the Friends of Israel, and it goes back to what Don and I, I'm talking with the Chancellor of Colorado Christian University, Dr. Donald Sweeting, but we were talking about this kind of friendship that's really built. Uh, Larry Meisel has told us that, uh, that he has noticed that some of the greatest friends to Israel right now are evangelicals. And why is that? What is the history there? Dr. Sweeting. Well, he told me that 80% of the tourists that come to Jerusalem are evangel- American evangelical Christians. And I was shocked at that. I, I had no idea. And I've never, I've not checked that out. Uh, but I, I do know when I've walked through the streets with tour groups, Jewish students have called out, you know, are you evangelical? So I, I know the public knows that something is going on. Why, it, why are evangelicals coming here? Because evangelicals are Bible people. They love the Bible. And this is the land of the Bible. It's, it's not the holy, just the holy land and just Israel. It's Bible country. And uh, I think I told you I refer to the, the land of Israel as the fifth gospel. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but the land of Israel throws it all into relief so you see it. And you can never look at your Bible the same, same way again. So when evangelicals come here, they're coming to, under, to walk where Jesus walked, or in some cases run where Jesus walked, because uh, we pack a lot in. And they, they want to um, understand both Testaments. So our tour guide this time was just saying, 
you know, that uh, evangelicals, even more than Catholics and Orthodox Christians, they want to go to the Old Testament sites as well as the New Testament sites. And they, and they care about it because they know the stories. And uh, so it's interesting. We were flying over uh, Bet Shan, where the bodies of Saul and Jonathan were nailed to the wall when they were slain. And, and uh, uh, you know, there's all this biblical stuff everywhere. We were flying over this valley, and, and the, our guide said, well, that's where Joseph, uh, Joseph's body was brought when the entourage came from Egypt, and they finally buried him in the, in the land of Israel. Uh, it came this route, and that's where they put him right over there. And that's where the patriarchs are buried, over there. And, uh, you know, that's where uh, King Jeroboam set up his... Um, idols and I mean everywhere you look there's a biblical connection it's amazing so what would you say to uh, evangelicals Catholics Protestants anybody about thinking about coming to Jerusalem Israel this part of the, the world well it'll change your life I mean it's as simple as that it will change your life it, it will challenge and and um, deepen your faith. You won't look at the Bible the same way again. You'll want to know your Bible. You'll want to know more about Israel. You'll realize how special this land is. It's not a huge land. You know, in, in some parts it's eight miles wide. Um, but um, you'll, you'll, there's something about being able to walk where Jesus walked, exactly where he walked. Now, there's some places we think we say we think he walked there, and there are other places we say we know this is this is where it was. Or you're out on the Sea of Galilee in a boat, and you're looking at you know there's where Capernaum is, there's where Magdala is, there's where the region of the Gadarenes, and uh, th and they were out here fishing, and they were catching no fish, and you know he said cast your net on the other side, and and so it's all right there. It's it it it, it uh, just energizes your faith. We've had a chance to kind of visit a few sites. Today we were at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. You want to talk a little bit about what that experience was like? Yeah, well, there are a couple different sites that they point to as far as where was Jesus crucified and where was, where was he buried. Uh, the traditional site is the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. There's an alternative site that Protestant groups will often go to, um, and it's called Gordon's Calvary and the Garden Tomb. And it's a beautiful place. Um, I, personally, I believe that the Holy Sepulchre was the site uh, because that's where Constantine's mother Helena came and she set up a church there and she took down the pagan temple that Hadrian built on top of it. And there was a line of bishops uh, from the first century that said to her, basically, these are key places. You know, this is where the cave was in Bethlehem. This is where the place was outside the city where he was crucified and, and, and buried. And so, on the one hand, it's just stunning to be there and to see the rock. But uh, you got to realize when you come to some of these sites, they are covered over with religious stuff. And that's a bit disconcerting um, because you, you, want, you, you picture it purely, you know, from reading the biblical text. But I, I was saying to you, Jeff, that uh, uh, you got to realize that for 2,000 years, people have been coming to these sites so it shouldn't surprise you that you're going to see churches built around them and structures and religious stuff and all the rest. You just got to realize, you know, these are expressions of devotion over many, many years from many different cultures. 
And there's still people crammed to get in every hour of the day. I mean, think of this, 2,000 years later, and there are long lines to get up to the place where they believe that the, the cross stood, and long lines to get into. I mean, we waited three, this morning we went at six o'clock in the morning, thinking we were gonna beat the crowds. We, we, we got in at eight o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, that was the low capacity time. Amazing. You know, and we went to the Western Wall, uh, one, another area that we visited. And I, I've got to tell you, I have, I have so much more in common in, in my life, my personal devotion to Christ, the way my wife and I have decided to raise up our children with this, these deeply devout religious people than I often do with secular people that live in the same country I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's one thing I've noticed. Uh, we were at a halal celebration. Halal is kind of a, a praise celebration. And the families, here you had dads holding their babies, and they're dancing, and the women are dancing, and people are celebrating, and they don't hate their country. They don't hate, you know, th- their culture. They're celebrating their culture. They're very proud of their country. And then we go to the Western Wall, and you have devout people praying earnestly for whatever they're going through in their life. Maybe praying for their country, maybe praying for peace, maybe praying for health challenges they're going through. You don't know, but they're, they're earnest and they're devout. Um, that, that all is together. And, and I just feel a much stronger connection than I do with people that, that you know, are secular and, and don't see religion as a value at all in our culture. That's so true. I hope we can talk just a little bit about some of the takeaways that we have from this trip, too. Yeah, we will. Uh, on the next segment, uh, we'll, we'll absolutely cover kind of what we learned from our Israeli friends, uh, maybe things we can take back to America and, uh, and uh, maybe nudge our culture in that direction. But it really has been an absolutely fantastic trip. Uh, the state of Israel is strong. That was a sense I get 75 years in. They're very proud of their culture. They've been through tremendous tribulation. Uh, I had a chance to tour the, the Holocaust Museum that they have here. And when you see everything that they've gone through, uh, the fact that they've remained, the fact that they have maintained their culture, that they're people of joy, people of celebration, even in the midst of all the suffering they've gone through, Uh, It is very inspiring. We have had an absolutely fantastic trip, and we'll be sure to cover this and more when we come back uh, from our commercial break. Friends, I got to encourage you, be a part of what Colorado Christian University is doing. There's a number of ways you can get involved. If you have a high school student, we have an academy where they can start to take classes from CCU already. If you're a residential student, you can live on campus, go to CCU, great college experience. If you're an adult learner, You can take classes and open up that next chapter of your life by attending Colorado Christian University online. And if you're past all that and you just want to donate and support CCU and the mission and the work that we're doing, we need that. It really helps us out. You can do all of this by visiting ccu.edu. That's ccu.edu. Friends, we'll be right back after these messages. This is Jeff Hunt. Broadcasting from Jerusalem on the 75th anniversary of of Israel, the Frontier Freedom Hour, sponsored by the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. We'll be right back.